Okay. Good evening, CTDW family. <laughs> you guys have been so benevolent to us lately. We just want to pay it back by saying thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. <laughs> From the deep recesses of our hearts. Um, or in the Jewish sense and in the old world sense, from the pits of our stomachs, our entries. (laughs) From our liver. That's right. (laughs) Um, When we release all that glucose energy, that's sugar going to you. There you go. Oh, gosh. I'm (laughs) sorry. I apologize in advance for Ricky's saccharine behavior. Um, hello guys. It is good to be back on. We have a cool, uh, topic for you guys today. We're going to be talking about a little bit about Nimrod, who, what, where, when, why, if any of that stuff, uh, holds weight. Um, this is going to be, uh, one of at least a two part series because this ended up being a way, 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 way bigger topic than I think either of us expected. Definitely. Um, so I will just give some quick plugins and all. We'll get started really quick. I'm not going to waste too much time. I do want to tell you guys, you can find us at solo.to slash the CTDW, solo.to slash the CTDW. Um, that will have access to everything. You can find our YouTube. You can find, actually, I need to put the YouTube on there, but you can also find us at YouTube at the CTDW, just like anything else, Twitter, Facebook, definitely Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. You can watch us on Rumble. You can watch us on YouTube, like I just said. You can also watch us here on Spotify, which is our home. I'm sure you guys know that by now. Um, Just a quick mention to you guys, if you are a Spanish or other language speaker and you English is not the best language for you, you can actually go on YouTube, watch our stuff, and there is an option that's auto-generate any language you want to watch our podcast with subtitles. I thought that was Thank very, very you, cool. YouTube. I have a huge population and a bunch of family and friends that are Spanish speaking and not English speaking. So um, I'm trying to get that word out. Um, well, I guess we'll just give a quick breakdown. We're, we're trying to be more organized about <laughs> our- Succinct. Yes, correct. Um, and so we're trying to give you boop, 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 bullet points. Um, we're going to be talking about Nimrod, like I, I mentioned today. Um, it is a wandering subject, so we were forewarning you guys. And we're giving you guys a, a warning as well. Some of the topics that we'll be at least even mentioning are not exactly family friendly. Uh, they're a little heavy uh, for the ears. Definitely. Um, had your kids, had your wife. Age restriction there. I'm going to go... You know your kids, but please, if they're under 16, um, watch this first and decide if you think that this is something you want to talk with your children about. It has implication, but really, this this is um, by far the most uh, adult, mature uh, content discussion we will have had. Up to this point, right. Um, and that's that's saying a lot because we've been talking about some pretty pretty grotesque stuff in some cases um so uh to give you guys our kind of uh bullet points i'm not gonna tell you how long we're gonna take because we'll go as long as we do and if you guys want to listen as always we appreciate it but we'll be opening with the scripture which is um and kind of meandering in this these uh these topics and scriptures which is genesis 10 and 11 basically um then we will be talking about nimrod um, Enmar, Marduk, a grammar breakdown of some understanding that we have about what Nimrod is or isn't. Uh, it's the best way to say that. 
Um, our second point, we'll be talking about Nimrod as an alter ego, um, which I very much like. As uh, I won't give too much uh, stuff away. I'll let Shelly reveal all those fun things along the way. Um, we will be touching on, uh, and I have forewarned you, Nephilimic sex magic or sex magic in general that may play into this. And then uh, thirdly, why Babylon matters. Uh, build back Babylon? No, I hope not. Um <laughs> going to happen uh, actually we've been doing that since yeah. Yeah. operation gulf something back in the late 80s we've been building back babylon for a while so we're going to get into why babylon matters uh you know why its religion is important why um it has to do with the watchers um and kind of circle back on nimrod and uh the uh, the Satan himself, uh, as it were, as well. So, if you are a bullet point person, bear with us, love on us, or don't watch us. I guess if you can't take us being so meandering, that's just the way we are. We're gonna we're working on it. We're trying to be a little more orderly. But uh, those are the topics for today. And having said that, I am gonna go ahead and let Shell take the reins. Shell, as we both know, is the one that does a lot of the heavy lifting with research. I many times find myself reeling, catching up, and figuring a few things out to be able to add things in here and there where I feel that they're important for the uh, uh, unbeknownst of us like myself. <laughs> You're just the people who haven't spent as many years learning about this as I have. Really, yeah. that's what it is. I have a very strange... Uh, I have a need to understand things. And for some reason, when God gave me a love for his word, he really gave me a love for his word and a desire to truly understand it. Um, and I was a little kid, so it's real weird. Like, <laughs> what little 10-year-old cares about babble? You know? <laughs> you and Michael Heisman, apparently. <laughs> oh to be in his esteemed uh uh category i'll take that any any day of any week i'm not gonna lie to you man's presence in the same sentence <laughs> mike heiser is goals for this chick here i'm just saying yeah, um but like rick said we're gonna start where we always like to start and that's with God's word and what the word says about this so that we um, can even know why in the world it matters. Right. And if you um, are tracking with us since episode one, um, you'll know that we have talked about creation, the fall of man, um, the redemption story uh gosh as it was given to us in genesis 3 when we we got the the promise that a redeemer would be sent and he would crush the head of the serpent and the serpent would bruise his heel um and then huh proto-evangelion the proto-evangelion and then the um the story of abraham and and isaac where we are promised that god himself would be god himself would supply the lamb mm -hmm. 
for for our um for our holocaust actually um in oh where is that genesis 23 certainly in genesis i don't know which (laughs) it is in genesis i'm thinking 23 well we're backtracking a little bit um we we'd already talked about noah and um the b'nai elohim the sons of god the the our angelic older brothers seeing the daughters of mankind and falling in love and uh, making deals with the fathers and son, um, the fathers and brothers of those women. Um, give me you, you give me pretty girl. I'll give you technology. And um, thus the angels sinned against God by having um sex with women and creating offspring that the Bible tells us were uh, mighty men, uh, the uh, the Nephilim, uh, another of the Hebrew words for Nephilim is, um, oh goodness, why did I just forget it? Gibberim. Mm-hmm. So a Gabor would be the singular uh, Gaborim would be the plural because i am is the equivalent of the english s in hebrew Mm -hmm. and um they those those angels decided to mess with all of creation um seeds plants animals um humans and they created abominations. We know that there were giants, that the giants were voracious in appetite. They ate all the stuff. Then they started eating mankind. And then they turned on one another and started eating each other. And the the world was filled with corrupted things and violence. And God said, I've had enough of this. And he told Noah, you have 120 years. This flood's coming, and and if you remember, there was the prophecy in the names of the first ten patriarchs um, that, that, um, gosh, you know what, I should memorize that because it's really cool the way it is. It is very cool. But that at the death of Methuselah, mankind was pretty much going to be destroyed, Um, but also in that, that God was sending a savior. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Methuselah dies, lo and behold, um, at that time, Noah finishes the ark that God had told him to create and his sons who were all under 120 years old, because he didn't have sons until after God told him that he was creating, he was going to wipe out really everything in the world not even just mankind he was, most of creation was going to be destroyed in a cataclysmic worldwide flood um and then it happened you know <laughs> uh, noah his wife um his three sons and their three wives boarded the the ark god had already called all of the animals that he wanted to be in that ark on it god sealed up the door he let loose the the floodgates of the deep we know that the floodwaters came up 
in a hot swirling mess. And we know that the water vapor canopy that surrounded the earth rained down, but that wasn't enough volume to totally flood the earth, but the waters from the deep definitely were. And uh, 40 days, 40 nights, that happens. Um, takes almost a year for the water to dissipate. Noah and his family finally get to uh, disembark the ark. <laughs> um, I know I like things that rhyme. They tickle me. Disembark. Like Disembark. <laughs> Anyhow, and we know that at that time Noah decides he's going to plant himself some vineyards and mm -hmm. make himself um, comfy. Some some wine, yeah. He's staying for a while. He became he becomes a vintner, um, and his sons and their wives they don't travel far away either. Even though God tells them, "Hey, disperse, repopulate the earth," and they they choose to stay where they're at in that little mm -hmm. area in the uh, plains of Shinar, um, basically Samaria. Mm -hmm. Um couple generations later uh ham has a son named kush and kush either has a son named nimrod or he becomes nimrod and we'll, we're gonna break this down a little bit um we're not sure what the answer is i've always been told had a son but I've heard uh, recent information that makes me think maybe Cush became Nimrod. Um, but he builds the Tower of Babel. We all know about Babel. Um, an interesting thing, and Rick, I don't think we got to this last week at all, or last episode at all, but that the pitch used to seal the bricks and somebody brought it up in our Facebook as well. And I don't know if we addressed it there either, but, um, it, the, the tar, you know, the, um, Genesis 11 tells us that they made the tower out of bricks. They, they burnt right. bricks and right. they used tar for mortar. They were, they were, um, waterproofing. Yeah this tower yep, yep. because they obviously didn't believe God when he said, I will not destroy the earth yeah. with the flood again. <clears throat> they said, no, we don't know that we're buying this. So what we're going to do is insure it ourselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. with this tower. If you remember Babel means um, gate of God Mm -hmm. And what the people were trying to do was call down the gods with their names Ryan. so that they could take power over the gods. Because when the gods came down before, the, the B'nai Elohim, the angels that sinned, say all same being, um, they mankind became the servant of the gods. Yeah. And this time, mankind was going to make the gods their servants. And that's what they were trying to do with the Tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about where Babel was, whether it was in Uruk or in Babylon. Mm. Either way, those are still lands that Nimrod um, is said to have 
um, established. As a matter of fact, right here, we'll go ahead and go into the scripture because the synopsis um, is pretty much done. <laughs> so, so there you've had your reminder, caught everybody up in just here a couple of minutes. <laughs> okay, give me a sec, guys. And in um, Genesis chapter 10... Um, so this is the, the table of the nations, and honestly, we're just going to go ahead and zero on in on Ham. I am going to read this out of the Orthodox Jewish Bible because I happen to, to like how it puts this. The names are going to sound a little bit different. Um, it, it Rick, if you want it. Okay, cool. I was going to say, if you want to put it up, it, it does a good job, though. I guess I could have shared it, too. That's okay. No, I don't sweat it. Um, you see that that word that we we use a lot? We say B'nai Elohim. Well, you see B'nai here. B'nai Cham. B'nai Kush. Mm -hmm. um, okay, there we go. Other screen. There we go. Cool. So, Can you see that okay? Yeah, that's great. As okay. you were um, starting with verse six, <laughs> and the B'nai Chaim, Cush and Mitzrayim, and Put and Kenan, and the B'nai Cush, Siba and Shavela, and Safta and Rama, and Savtecha, and the B'nai Rama, Sheba and Dedan. Verse eight, and Cush fathered Nimrod, he began to be a Gabor in Haretz. Um, Gabor is what we were talking about. Plural is Gibberium. Haretz, by the way, is Hebrew for the earth, literally. Hmm. And you can see, you can see the word earth in Haretz. He was a Gabor, a hunter before Hashem. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the Gabor, the hunter before Hashem. Mm -hmm. um, Hashem being the name of God, uh, often also called Adonai, Yahweh, uh, Yehovah, um, still all God. Mm -hmm. I do like Hashem. Mm -hmm. Verse 10. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech and Akkad and Kalma in Eretz Shinar, in the mm -hmm. land of Shinar. And that's where we're going to stop. Um, because verse 11 is about Asher, not so much about Nimrod, although there are definitely um, uh, versions, and this one looks to be one where. Um, they say, and he went forth to Asher, but he um, can also be Asher. And it makes a lot more sense that Asher would have gone to what is called Asheria or Assyria and um, uh, populated it and established it. Now, all of this happened right after the Tower of Babel incident. And at the Tower of Babel, you'll recall that God went down because he didn't like what the people were doing. And he confused the language. Um, we know that there were 70 nations 
in this list of nations and the understanding is that there were 70 languages and I have heard sorry can't cite it um, if you want to find out you can cite it and tell me if I'm wrong or tell me if I'm right but um, I have heard that there were 70 or 72 root languages that they have been able um, by they I guess I should use proper um words slash academic seeking individuals right so we would call them um anthropologists <laughs> oh, um maybe some that. archaeologists too right. um and and ling linguists and for that matter don't forget us have like have language. um pretty much followed the languages back to 70 distinct root languages um which really lines up well with the list of nations here um if you if you really start studying um a lot of the sumerian archaeology and anthropological finds you you'll find a lot of this information um, given there and maybe even um, it's you may even find older instances of it than you do in um, Hebrew history in Jewish history because Sumerian um, uh, clay tablets have been the oldest we have found so far. Mm -hmm. it, 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 they have they have been um, Sumerian. I don't know if Gobekli Tepe in uh, Turkey has given anything newer, but so far Syria, um, sorry, Sumeria is where we have the oldest re uh, written records. Sumeria happens to be the area that is attributed to Nimrod. Um, if you remember about uh, Hebrew, what we like to talk about is the, the way the language is formed. Every, every letter, every character is its own um, has its own meaning. It's not just like B, which is the B sound in English. It's more than that. Um, beta, B, has its own meaning. Um, but then as the letters are brought together to form words, the word takes on the meaning of the whole association of those letters. So those... Um, the letters in particular that we're talking about here for Nimrod are NMRD. And um, they come together basically to mean let us rebel. Mm -hmm. What what adult or what what parent names their kid let's rebel? Let us rebel. Let let's and who are they rebelling against? Well, they're rebelling against the God who had caused that flood. Angry teenagers. Who had, 
Oh gosh, right? Like for real. Um. So. I think I'm just gonna leave it like this. I kind of like that. And sorry, several. We lost you. Go on again. Oh, sorry about that. The name of of Nimrod and Namardi has several different. Uh, names associated with it nimrod being the hebrew name um there's marduk there is um and Merkar, which are uh two of two of the big ones there are others those are the two we're gonna sit at um honestly if you want to find out all the different names associated for Nimrod, it, you you don't I'm have to it. dig deep. You don't have to dig deep on the internet at all. They're so they're bad. right there. Um, there were so many. I just I quit listing them. To be honest, it it um even to the point where Gilgamesh and Nimrod um have so many similarities that many people believe they are the same person. Um, and it's very interesting. If you do a Google search for pictures or um, carvings of Nimrod, you pull up a bunch of carvings for Gilgamesh as well and vice versa. Um, usually looks like a dude with really great curly hair bit of a beard. Yep. Um, Holden, a lion, a full grown lion. It looks like a cub in his arms because he looks fairly giant. Um, or you see there are two other Nimrodic, uh, Nimrodic, I don't know if that's a word, <laughs> but it is today. Um, <laughs> uh, carvings that that come to mind for me for looking at so much uh, megalithic and um, uh, Sumerian art. Just looking at it, um, there is the carving of the bird a bird face, right? Um. The body is just like the the normal Nimrock yeah, one. The corn football. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and there's the one where he's like a fish dude, yo. And um, like body head of the dude of curly and. Like he's standing, and so he's got like legs and then like a fish tail as well, and it kind of drags a little bit. And I guess I should have pulled those out because I'm I'm really very visual. Um, and and these are these are totally seared in my head. Um, those are the the big Nimrod ones, but the the um, Gilgamesh one. There's in the lore of Gilgamesh, um, Gilgamesh and Mm, I can't think of the bull god's name. Um, oh, um, I want to say Molech, but I don't know if that's right. It, yeah, it's not Molech. Um, he's a Sumerian bull god. His 
aunt Inanna's sister Inanna's sister sends this thing down to kill Gilgamesh and they become friends and so he's he's like a a bull man and you see Gilgamesh looking just like Nimrod curls beard holding the kitty cat the lion and um holding the tail of the um there you go there's the bull god you're looking for the bull god thing um that's okay nice. so yeah that's one of i was just it's funny because i was pointing to my <laughs> to my screen to tell you that's that's one of them that one right um this is when they're fighting, but there's another one, and they are side by side. Um, let's see, Nimrod. Um, oh, look, there is Gimyaza. Okay, yeah, see, that's the typical Nimrod. Oh, God, look at that. And so you can see that it's a full, full grown lion and it doesn't even, it's not even the length of his whole torso. Where was that? The statute of Asherbad in San Francisco. Freaking, I'm not even going to say the things that are in my mouth. There you go. Nope. Still not the one I'm looking for. Uh, 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 I know there's a ton and they're all Gilgamesh they're all Nimrod they are and Sargon of Akkad that's another name for them man I want the one with the bull dang it ah 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 oh you were there was I it's it's slightly different um scroll up see and he's holding the tail I'm like pointing at it like you guys can see what I'm seeing I don't know what you're looking at you're over 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 to the left Nope, your other left. Oh, yeah, I see it. Ah! Is. <laughs> who is that? Gilgamesh. And, oh, it doesn't say who. Honestly, guys, I am no, I almost as new to Sumerian lore as most of the people here. It, it, it so, oh. Here we go. Oh, these are all sorts of interesting images. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Sumerian we lore really is. Okay, I cannot read any of that. Oh, my bad. Here. Oh, it is Inkadu. There you go. I'm dumb. I should have realized it was Inkadu. Sorry, guys. Um, well, you Inkadu. <laughs> yeah, I know. I Inkadidn't indeed. And it's funny because that's it makes me think of that stupid song from some kid show when I was little skinnamarinkidinkidink skinnamarinkidoo I don't know why inkidoo is just like right there <laughs> <laughs> but okay so it's inkidoo um Ink it, it doesn't matter if you put in Nimrod or if you put in Gilgamesh you get those same um images again and again and again mm -hmm. and um you can look in wiki and you will find the the correlations between gilgamesh and nimrod even though for gilgamesh there's there's no nmrd uh i mean you can sound mm -hmm. it out gilgamesh doesn't sound at all 
like NMRD. But um, the, the cultural references to the two beings being the same uh, person uh, is overwhelming. Um, it's almost sort of like a memeing, right? I mean, honestly, if we're being really like, if we're trying to compare it to a, a modern day idea, like it's, it's, it's a meme. It's a, it's a cultural yeah. concept and, and visual that everybody's like, oh yeah, it's Gilgamesh. Oh, you mean Nimrod? Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. You mean. Same, 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 of, same different. Yeah. Right. Um, except that Gilgamesh, while accepted as a possible historical figure which honestly that's the most you get for nimrod too maybe he was real maybe he was real maybe gilgamesh is real um gilgamesh is deified from the beginning mm -hmm. he's he's always a demigod yeah. um his wife is uh semiramis and so the way it goes in the the Hebrew version of it, I guess is the way I'm going to say it, is Semiramis is married to Cush. Yeah. And then she has an affair with her son Nimrod instead of it being Cush. But if Cush, oh, we haven't really gotten there. Rick and I have been Rick. talking about this. Yeah, let's get there. It, it's possible that Cush and Nimrod are one and the same. And honestly, from what I've heard, that's where I lean. Um, before Ricky gets there, I'll go back and uh, make a point from Genesis 10. Um, and no, you can just uh, get where what you were going to get. Oh, okay. But um, the names of Cush's children uh, the B'nai Kush, so the sons of Kush, are Seba, Havilah, Savta, and Rama, uh, Rama, and Savteka. And then it says, "And Kush fathered Nimrod." In the next verse, but that he that word in Hebrew, fathered, is a little bit nebulous and can also mean. Um, beget created became nimrod um and with with nimrod meaning let us rebel let us be in rebellion um it seems that kush might be nimrod and not that Nimrod was another son that he didn't list when, or that, that the writer of Genesis, that Moses didn't list with his other sons. Um, and Rick, were you going to get into that just a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, liking what you're here? Man, we really hope so. We thank you guys so much for partnering with us in so many things. It's been super helpful, a big blessing for us. So we continue to ask you to do that. Um, if you guys would like to sign up, we do have stuff behind the paywall that is our extended episodes and soon to be exclusive episodes coming up very soon in the near future. You can do that for only three bucks a month. You can do that on Spotify. So if you haven't head over there to check it out, go do so. And we'd love for you guys to partner with us. Keep praying for us no matter what you do. Blessings. We're talking uh, specifically about the gra grammatical 
Um, right, right. Break down here. Okay. Um, cool deal. All right. So let me go, I guess, first of all, because this is kind of a mess. Let's do this real quick. Let's just share my screen and we'll get right to it. That's probably easier. Okay. All right. So we're looking particularly at um, seven. I mean, I guess you could look at all of this. Essentially, it's the genealogy, right? It's the uh, right the genealogy of, of uh, Noah forward, essentially. Um, Correct. But what kind of jumps out at us here is that B'nai Cham, and from Cham came Kush and Mitzrayim and Fut and blah, 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 blah. Same thing with seven. Kush begot uh, Seva and Tchavila. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to try and butcher all these. <laughs> um, and we can keep going with this, right? And then um, the sons of Ham, uh, Rama, Sheva, blah, blah, blah. But that's what's really curious is that, and Kush fathered Nimrod. It's just like out of nowhere, we get this Kush fathered Nimrod thing, and we're like, wait, what in the world? Um, why would we just stop the genealogy out of nowhere, right? That's kind of weird. Um, and if so, it's weird and it's in the Bible, <laughs> it's probably important. So the important shell and I were kind of, we watched, a, a, a um, an individual on YouTube. I'm going to pull his stuff up in here in just a second. We'll definitely give a shout out to him. Um, but he, he presented an interesting theory that, um, as far as I can tell, actually kind of bears out. Like, I mean, it could be the case that, that that's, that, that, that's what we're talking about. Right. Um, it's important to notice here that it says this right here. This is what we're most focused on, okay? And I'm going to pull up the verse here in a second, but Cush fathered Nimrod. Okay. Now, let's actually go back to the biblical text. So I'm going to pull this guy up right here. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and not necessarily play this a whole lot. You don't really need to see the, hear the anything. It's just kind of important to, to see these here. Okay. So he pulls this up in the Hebrew um Interlinear. Uh, By the way, this is uh, a guy called Connecting the Bible, and he just does a bunch of different Bible studies on a whole bunch of different stuff. And uh, this was pretty informative. I didn't agree with uh, a slew of things, but I did. I did uh, really have to think about this one. This is really interesting. Okay, so this word here, um, I'm not going to try and do the the Hebrew. I'm just going to read the English right right alongside the Hebrew. And Kush begat Nimrod. This guy et right here. Don't worry about that. That's literally just designating your object. So in other words, begat Nimrod. So it's just pointing out that what was begotten was Nimrod. So that's all you need to know there. We could continue with this, but what I'm really interested in for this topic is this right here. Um, he's going to pull up here in a second and show you what he finds to be different. And I think I have in my notes. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So he is going to point out that this word here, Yalat, is actually not just one singular. Um, and you can see everything, right, Cher? Cher? Mm-hmm. Cool. Perfectly. Okay. And he's going to point out that this is not just a singular um, meaning. There it is right there. But that can also mean brought forth and not just begot. Now, there is something interesting about begot, and I'll come back to that in a second. But he's going to zoom in on Nimrod here, yeah, which okay. is really, really interesting, in fact. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. I'm going to move this up ahead a little bit so we can get to where we want to. 
He's going to make a comparison between Joshua 22:29, where we see in the text rebel and the word Nimrod, which Shelley has also already mentioned means let us rebel or can mean that right at, at a bare minimum. Um, and this is where it gets, it gets interesting. He's going to put these side by side and he's going to point out that rebel in Joshua 29 is Limrod. Now I know you guys are like, okay, I get it. Good deal. Oh, you'll see here in just a second. This is really all I need to about right here, I believe. Okay, cool. So if you look at these two words, he says that limrod means to rebel. And just like Joshua 29 pointed out, right? Like we want to make sure that what's being talked about is is this this verb. So if he's going to equate these two, my, my beef when I was listening to his whole explanation was like, okay, that's fine. You can do that, but these are not, one, they're not identical, right? These two are not identical. So that's a problem, correct? Um, if they weren't, uh, sorry, because they're not, that means that, that we have to figure out what that means. Okay, so now we can come back to my lovely thing over here. Stop sharing that. And let's share this guy instead. Okay, cool. Bam. Get a nice... Oh, I think it was better like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So the, the the important thing here to note is that these roots right here, the where it says Nimrod, and there's it's underlined in red, right? And then where it says Limrod, it's also underlined in red. Those two particular um, underlined portions are both verbs by themselves. But what I was coming up and butting my head against was, well, okay, but if this limrod, which I think was called um, lamed, right? This first, um, uh, this first, right? What's what's the letter? I can't think of the word. The, yeah, <laughs> this first letter here um, is not doing the same thing as this one. Then we're going to have a big problem. And so I kept butting my head up against this for a while, trying to figure out what was being said because I didn't write it right. But these two words, limrod and nimrod with the exception of the first letter, are identical. So we're looking at the prefix to figure out what's going on. Well, in the case of Limrod, it is rebelling to the Lord. And that that first letter there, the one that's triple underlined where it says Limrod, means to. So it's talking about a preposition. But in Nimrod, the first letter there is talking about a verb tense. So I was like, well, that is a problem, dude, because unless... Unless you are saying that those are left as infinitives, and I'll tell you what that means in a second. Unless you're saying that those two verbs are left as infinitives, you and I are going to butt up against some big problems. Let me tell you what an infinitive is. An infinitive is a verb that is not conjugated. So it's just like if I were to say run, to run. Nobody conjugates that. Nobody's really running. It's There's no running happening. You're just talking about the verb itself, right? You're, you're just isolating the verb. Well, his conclusion is, is that Nimrod means rebellion. Now, you might think, oh, yeah, well, to rebel against the Lord, right? Nimrod and Nimrod, rebellion. Yeah, it makes sense to me. But for me, linguistically, I was like, no, 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 no. Those are two completely different parts of speech. One is a verb and the other is a noun, right? Okay. So rebellion is a noun. It is not a verb. Rebellion is not an action. It's talking about the act of of rebelling itself, but it's not actually rebelling. 
So that's where I kept coming up and butting heads against all this. However, when I finally picked these two apart, I realized that all these all these two letters that are in front of each of these words, Limrod and Nimrod respectively, are just different parts of speech. But the way Hebrew works, as far as I can tell, and please, if you know better than me, by all means, I'm just giving you a basic linguistic overview of what I, I understand the way linguistics works, but I don't know Hebrew, so I could very well be wrong. You know, I might be missing pieces, and I was, you know, I studied this for about an hour and a half trying to figure it out until I kind of broke the, broke what I think was the, the issue. Um, so I'm going at it from a purely grammatical sense, um, and not in a prescriptive way. I mean, not trying to tell you what's right or wrong, just what these things particularly mean. So when all said and done is these don't appear to be in conflict. I mean, it is very possible that rebellion could refer to, and just like it says there, a first person plural tense that we will rebel, right? But if the cards fit and it could be turned into a noun, I'm not one to tell you that it's not or that it is because he's, he's referring to these different parts of speech correctly. That's what I was afraid of. He wasn't using the parts of speech correctly and he was going to infer information that wasn't in the text. But as far as I can tell, his analysis does bear out. So it is very likely that we're not talking about Nimrod actually being a person, but Nimrod rather being a concept, which is very weird for anyone thinking about the Tower of Babel and who set it up and who ran it and who did it. But again, Shell has already kind of explained to us that Cush is a very likely candidate for who we are calling Nimrod. But let's go back and look at the text because that's going to kind of give us some clues about what's going on here. So then Cush begat the rebellion. That's exactly right. That's exactly where we're going back to. So let's go back and just look at the text itself. Okay, that's even easier. And Cush fathered Nimrod. So he goes on to say that fathered is an inferred understanding if you think Nimrod is a person, which makes a lot of sense because there's there's not a lot of other translations other than father, right? I mean, that's essentially what that is, is to, to be the father of Nimrod. But if Nimrod's not right. a person, he essentially what, what this says is that Cush begot, and this is very, very interesting because it could also mean gave rise to, right? Or... or allowed to be created is another way to say it so could this could mean that kush gave rise to rebellion instead of or fathered rebellion i mean you could even leave it like that if you want to right well interest, like we like we say james uh madison was the father of our country the founding father kush became the founding father of the rebellion that's a perfect example. And, and quite literally, the most interesting thing about this is that, as Shell and I have mentioned, Mr. Peterson, is it Peterson, Shell, or is it Peterman? Peterson? Peterson. Um, as the, shoot, I don't even remember his first name. Something Peterson. Ryan. Ryan Peterson. <laughs> Would you like to run the show? Um, <laughs> Ryan Peterson. In his I'm book, like, I happen uh, to have his lovely book right here. Yes, Judgment oh. of the Nephilim. A, a good read, by the way. I really do recommend it. It is. It really is. 
We don't super agree with everything, but he has a lot of just phenomenal references and phenomenal information. Well, you can't agree with everything simply no. because um, a lot of this, it, the word doesn't give give a, a whole lot about it. And so that's why these aren't hills we're willing to die on. Correct. This is not gospel. But if it helps you to understand the gospel more readily, then it has value. Yeah. And that's where we go with it. Because we absolutely want to, you know, yell what the Bible yells and whisper what it whispers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with looking at the stuff that is kind of like... Huh, it doesn't say a whole lot about this. Yeah. Um, and, and we have a God who says, let's reason together. Okay, come on, let's talk about this. Yeah, and you don't that. reason together with somebody when you both um, know the absolute answer. I don't have to reason yeah. with you that Jesus is the only way. He is because he says he is. You know, I, whether I like it or I, not and think it's... And is. <laughs> Whether I think it's inclusive or not, or exclusive is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what I think about it. I don't have to reason about it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He said it. I don't need to reason with him about it. He said, this is how it is, and I go along with it. But when there are things that, you know, he didn't say, this is definitively this, then we can reason about it. We should not make dogma. We should not be willing to to fight and die for these things. Because if they were that important, God would have very specifically said, sit Correct. down, be quiet, give me your pointy little headed attention, and I'm going to tell you all what it is. And thankfully, we will know someday, yeah. you know. Um, I look forward to that. Gosh, I can't wait to be in his presence and to learn new things about him every day. That is a very cool thing. Uh, never going to get boring. Um, but it, you, you, I wanted to touch on that because I get where people are like, well, you don't even really know the answer. Well, no, I don't because it's not very knowable. Yeah. But well, we don't completely agree with it because people are so quick to say and they want to lump you in with, well, but you quoted this book. Yeah, well, I mean, you can quote me, but I don't have to be right about everything. You know, that's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get mad just because. Right. You know, this book, you must. Doesn't. that. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And and actually, the only thing I was going to add about Peterson real quick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, give it all back to you, Shell, is that um, it's interesting that the, the word can be beget. Because we know from Peterson's book that what's passed on from the man is the spiritual essence of of the the birth of whatever you're giving rise to, and I think that that's so essential to think about when we read stuff like that in Scripture. Like God gave us His only begotten Son, right? Why? Well, because man's spiritual essence was not going to cut it. Jesus right. was necessary. God's God's eternal perfect essence was necessary. His spiritual essence was necessary for us to be saved. And so the same thing here is telling you, hey, this dude's essence was being passed on into this rebellion. Um, and we will see very quickly why that's really relevant. Shell, it's all <laughs> yours. So based on that, this point that we are starting now 
is called Superman versus Batman. Nimrod's alter ego or Nimrod the alter ego. So <laughs> we we thought we'd bring in a little bit of um, uh, modern day names that everybody can pronounce and understand. Right. <laughs> much uh, much easier. Uh, <laughs> right. How about Bruce Wayne? That one's easy. Bruce Wayne is easy. So, um, Kush, if Kush is Nimrod, and that's where we're going to go right now with this, is that Kush begat the rebellion, and he became known as the father of that rebellion, or as Nimrod. Um, he basically has an alter ego. Is it Superman, or is it just Batman? Oof, I bet you people just went, can't believe she said just Batman. <laughs> Honestly, no preferences there. Only bringing it in because it has, it, it, it's it's a good um, spiritual uh, anal analogy. It, it really is. Um, it, it works for it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, back in Genesis, um, chapter nine said, or, well, uh, sorry, uh, verse, verse eight says he began to be a Gabor in the Haaretz and verse nine says he was a Gabor, a hunter before Hashem. Therefore it is said like Nimrod, the Gabor, the hunter before Hashem. So. Gibberian is another word for a Nephilim. And it's also a word can, that means great. Can be, right? Can be. Right. It also means great or um, a hero, man of great renown. I want you a know? hero. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Which we see in Genesis 6, right? We see it when, when um, 6 4. I believe it is Genesis 6 4, where um, we are told that the B'nai Elohim saw the daughters of man and took any of they wanted to wife. And the offspring was the Nephilim, men of great renown. These are the heroes of old. And, and they um, walked on the earth before the flood and some after the flood. And also after. That's. That's what Genesis 6 says. So, bum, bum, bum. the question is, did Nimrod become a Gibberian? Did he become a Gabor, a, a demigod? I mean, really, that's what, what we're asking. Um, and if so, how? Right. Um, and if, so if he became... A Gabor, then he was like Superman. Um, because he was he was a a deity, a demigod. If he didn't become a Gabor or Gibberian, then he Giborim. what? G G Giborim, Giborim. Yeah. Um, Giborim. If if. It was not a Gabor he became, then he is more like Bruce Wayne, 
his alter ego of Ugh. Batman. I don't, um, I don't know if I'm Bruce Wayne or Batman. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to take a pick. So <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <sighs> I I could do. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna take a quick second and say, when those movies came out, I could do a phenomenal Bane from those movies, which a lot of people that like Batman hated. But I loved his voice. I could talk just like him. <laughs> and I I used that voice so much that I annoyed my wife to no end. She was like, "Stop." Freaking talking like that. I even got a devil. <laughs> I learned how to talk like him in Spanish. She hated that crap. She hated it. Anyway. I have not seen a Superman and or Batman movie since Keaton was Batman. Oh, yeah, well, it's been a hot minute. So I'm not a fan honestly, of either. I saw the Superman movies at the theaters when they came out. The theater. The theater. Um, they're not my things. I mean, however, I reside in America, so I know who Superman is. I get the whole premise. And I also know who Batman is, and I get the premises. Yes. With with the Batman, it, it, but you know what's kind of funny is that I watched the the series of how Alfred becomes Batman's um, butler, <laughs> but oh, wow. I could care less about Batman or Superman. <laughs> I don't know, guys. It is what it is. Sorry, it's not my thing. But I like them. They're fun. They're cool. They're cool. cool. I mean, they're cool symbols that represent things that we can relate to in our culture. So, in in that respect, they're a cool meme. But um, they're interesting. They're uh, they hearken back to the days of the gods. Like we are not done with with the gods of old. We. We give them new names and Lycra <laughs> instead of, you know, um, cool dresses. <laughs> like oh, <laughs> but really, they're the same. I mean, and then there are a few who show up in both places, i.e. Thor, Loki. Um, they don't even bother, you know, changing things up. I'm I'm surprised that there's not a Nimrod comic. Oh, or is there? When in Rome? Oh no, I mean when in the north. <laughs> right. So now I want to know if there are Nimrod Nimrod comics. Cause... Um, goodness, there actually might be. I think that there may be. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just step in here. Go and... right ahead, because I'm gonna go down that uh, yeah, do it. That, rabbit uh, hole real quick. Um. I'm going to just kind of sum, sum up what Shell is saying. Essentially, what we're getting at is that the question is, did did this, whoever Nimrod is, or at least whatever Nimrod represents, this individual, did he become a god or at least a demigod? Or did he stay a man and just become a legend um, because he was so great? The world's right? first emperor. 
Correct. Correct. That's what the Bible tells us. That he was the world's first emperor. So on some level, um, he he uh, he was definitely important. And actually, this might be a really interesting little tidbit here. Um, in Chinese, when you're talking about emperor, the two characters for emperor mean is uh, Shangdi, which means all that is he that is like all that is over heaven or all that is under heaven. Excuse me. Wow. That's that's what emperor. That's the those are the two words. God, emperor, everybody else. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, I'll look it up in a, in a hot, hot second. But uh, what I did want to mention is that we would like to at least give kind of a an overview because we're going to probably have to dive real deep into this one because it's super weird. Uh, it is super obscure and it is super weird. But I. We Go ahead. By the way, sorry. No, 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 you're good. Marvel Comics, 1985. I, I was almost positive. Do you want to put it on the screen? You know. Um, let me see if I can find more. It's just the wiki that I'm looking at, but just, just click on present down there. It's all good. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue, but if you find it, just post it up there, and we'll we'll chat about it. Um, but we have come across this term more than once. And uh, by two pastors on, on Sunday mornings, no less, which is awesome, frankly, uh, talking about something called Nephilimic sex magic. And actually, uh, I think Shell and I kind of started our search on Nimrod um, kind of in that uh, locality, trying to find some more information about it. And we're frankly pretty unsuccessful, to be honest. Um, but there's clearly information about it, so we're going to keep researching, and that's probably what our next uh, uh, um, our next episode is going to be about. But uh, we're definitely going to look into it and, and get back on it. But I do want to touch on some a few things that I was able to find um, in my <laughs> short-lived uh, internet search or just regular search in general. Um, Alistair Crowley is a name I'm sure you guys have heard at some point. Um, Shell and I were kind of talking about him before the uh, um, episode here. And uh, he seems to be, I mean, I do think that he definitely did seances and contacted demonic powers and all sorts of stuff like that. But I do want to mention, oh, yeah, that thing's been popping <laughs> up like crazy. Good old Nimrod. Too powerful for the MCU. Um, oh golly. That's crazy. They made him pink of all things. Um, oh, you know. That's crazy. A fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Oh, he was in the Uncanny X-Men. Oh, that's actually very interesting. Uh, because in the X-Men, there was a movie not too long ago. I mean, it was actually a comic way before that. But they did uh, the movie about, oh, what's the name of the first? He was supposedly the first mutant. And he was uh, from Egypt. And he was like one of the most powerful. It's a very, very interesting little story there. Um, for those of you that enjoy that kind of thing, like I do. Um, although I will say I haven't watched too many superhero movies in a while, but I, I do dig superheroes because they are definitely in that vein. Look at that. Eighty five. It's interesting. Yeah, nineteen eighty five. That's the that's the year and month I was born. How weird is that? <laughs> you and Nimrod. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm in good company or something. 
<laughs> and I guess he's an interdimensional being. Of course he is. So. Um, so, uh, back to Nephilimic sex, sex magic. Now transferring right? to Nephilimic sex magic. Um, <laughs> so, uh, again, I couldn't find a whole lot about it, but sex magic itself is something that's practiced. And um, looking at some of Alice, uh, Alistair Crowley's poetry and stuff, a guy that I um, watched on YouTube who's a meme society meme something or other, he basically, his whole his whole bit is about um, how memes in society are relevant to, you know, what you're doing or whatever. Um, how, how they play into society and how society bounces ideas back and forth um, through memes. Um, but he was essentially talking about what sex magic is, how, what it does, and it actually made a whole lot of sense uh, of why it would be at least relevant. So just a few... Um, now there's, I think that there's sex magic that's a little bit more like just tantric stuff between lovers, but then there's also um, very clearly some highly spiritual religious overtones with it that are well, clearly very demonic, obviously, right? But um, some of the things that he had mentioned was that, um, and I'm, I'm forewarning you guys, like, like we said, this is a pretty touchy subject, but... Um, I don't know that I would... Um advice people to put in so y'all need to hide your kids hide your wife i wouldn't a search for this I because i've not clicked on anything and yeah, just what i am reading is hideous to find what i was i was like do i really want to watch this video and so i found somebody who was pretty just just taking it from like literally just like a book reading approach and kind of talked about it and it was still very graphic vice um, has an article about it oh well that i mean that I mean, it is vice, yeah. Um, and it is a vice. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> sorry, just being honest with you guys, it talks about essentially edging, getting right up to your orgasm and being in that tantric state so that you can allow um, spiritual energies to flow through you, activating the pineal gland. Um, and apparently sex magic requires, like actual magic requires human bodily fluids so, uh, you know, take that for what it Swap is. Swap some DNA. Correct. We need DNA to do all sorts of sorcery and magic. So the question is, um, I've heard this thrown around a lot, but is is that what uh, Nimrod was doing or Kush or whoever this guy was, right? Is that what he was doing? Is that why he was a Gibberim or a Gibor? Uh, is so that somehow having, oof, or... Oh, there are so many levels of that that just went through my head right there. It's pretty gross. Um, ew. Well, and, and Shelly and I were both talking about this uh, very briefly um, and before we, we hopped on. But really, it kind of makes sense. Like, what more in tune with the code of existence than the very fabric of existence, with, which is DNA? I mean, you know, what, what did what did the angels come down here, or what did the the gods better said? I you know want to be careful with that word angels, but what did the gods come down here for in the first place? When they came down here, um, there's actually a translation. I didn't tell you this, show. I, I read this, but in the interlinear, when when it says that they saw that women were were comely and beautiful, there in the interlinear it actually says they saw that women were fit extensions. 
which was a very, very interesting. Ah, that they were compatible, sexually compatible with them. Right. That's what that. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. So that, I'm glad I didn't go down that rabbit hole that well, you went down. It's, <laughs> it's gross, but at the same time, it 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 clarifies a lot of um, weird stuff. Again, this is why this particular program is not a all age accessible. Not suitable for your children. Anyway. So um, that's kind of where we're at. We were uh, we're going to kind of try and figure out a little bit more and find some sources on stuff like that. Pray for us that we uh, use caution stepping in some of those areas because it's pretty gross. But um, I am very... And I don't want that to be on my search history. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not clicking on anything when I looked at it. I'm mortified. I was like these very like sensual looking women. And I was like, "Uh, no, I don't think I want to click on anything. Yeah. But you know what? And that brings up the the bed of Agaba Bashan. Yeah, yeah. Glad you mentioned it. Um, because that bed is supposed to be a ritual sex magic bed. That's why. We but also, it was for Og, and based on the bed's dimensions, uh, Og was at least something like ten to thirteen feet tall, based on the bed dimensions for him. Um, and you've heard us say before that that bed was on display for quite some time, um, back several thousand years ago, but it, it was a well-known, um, item. I'm kind of looking this stuff up a little bit here. Let's see. I'm just going to show King Og's bed, bed real quick. Cool beans <clears throat> okay so this is i don't know if this is like a remodeling of king og's bed can you see that Mm-hmm. i can totally see it um this is from uh deuteronomy 311 only og the king of bashan was left of the remnant of Raphaim. they were told that the king og had a bed of iron so it says his iron bed is still in uh rabah rabah of uh, the Ammonites, nine cubits long and four cubits wide, measured by a man's forearm. <laughs> Here's some random depictions of all that. This is pretty interesting in non-biblical descriptions. Right. Uh, Og appears in the Phoenician inscription from Biblios, <clears throat> published in 1974 by blah, 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 blah. It appears damaged, uh, seven-line funerary inscriptions dates to around 500 bc and appears to say that if someone disturbs the bones of the occupant that mighty og will avenge me that's intense possible connection to og and the Rephaim kings of bashan can also be made with much older canaanite uh ugaritic texts Uh, obviously in the talmud in islam it's recognized in islam go down it is too right yeah. Uj um, is not na- namely mentioned in the Quran or can- canonical hadiths. Uh, the origin of this character Jewish folklore and Old Testament. Da, 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 da. I don't even know where Hertale is. Hmm. A version of August, one of the 
Pentagrills ancestors. Interesting. Huh. Finger of oh. Og? Wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this huge stone pillar. <laughs> okay. That's funny. That's interesting. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, us touching on Nephilimic sex magic. We'll likely come back by that um, in the next episode because we're, we're trying to figure out what is this. Right. What the heck did he do? Did he become a, a demigod? How in the world did he become a demigod? And I mean, I guess Can you sex magic, pharmacia, uh, witchcraft. <laughs> and Rick and I were, were talking a little bit about, um, about this. And uh, to me, it seems that the goal of... Um, witchcraft of magic of being a, a a part of sorcery in any form um to me is a, a bid for power you want to ascend to become a more powerful entity yeah. um is is the goal of sorcery to ascend or yeah to ascend i there i can't think of a better word than than ascend and i know we think of ascension a lot you know with eastern mysticism and and you know you're you try to ascend by meditating and becoming one with the cosmos or whatever um those those strange things are but is the ascension desire the same thing that um nimrod was going for because at one time kush served god and then he chose not mm -hmm. to yeah and he rebelled and, and the bible doesn't tell us what it was about um i don't i don't know what it was about yeah um i do get from the incident at babel though that that they wanted to invoke the names of the deities we will make a name for ourselves we will have power over the names is really what the original is saying um they didn't want to be the servants of the gods they wanted the gods to serve them and isn't that what everybody does who participates in magic they try to invoke the spirit the demon the the god the devil whatever so that they can have the power over that thing. Now, obviously, even Hollywood does a good job of uh, uh, making known the fact. Oops, sorry, guys, that would be cat. <laughs> get out of the way, Queenie. There's not enough duct tape for me to get the cats out of the way for my <laughs> episodes. Hi, hi. Um, these gatos. Um, right. <laughs> she totally derailed my train of thought. <laughs> uh, I also don't remember what you're saying. Oh, uh, ascension. is ascension the plan? Well, um, going into e even um, Hollywood oh, right. notes that you don't really control what you summon. 
thus you have the salt and the circle and the candles and the chalk and uh, you try to contain what you're summoning so that you can control it but at best you have to be rather um self-delusional if you think you're safe doing it ever um but because Nimrod was such a mighty man. I think that he had the full-on delusion that he was safe. And um, judging from the writings we find historically through uh, the Sumerian, the Akkadian, um, the Greek, the Roman, the Hebrew um, accounts, Nimrod ascended to being Giverian. So I guess Superman wins in uh, in this battle royale. Um, we have to find out more. We don't know. I, I we would be I, I think both of us would go either way. Yeah. Uh, that Nimrod was Superman, Nimrod was Batman. But when you do that image search for Nimrod and what you find again and again and again is Gilgamesh. Um, At least, at least as far as history is concerned, he attained godhood. Yeah. Well, sure, sure. He is a legendary figure. He he is, he is legendary. Probably not a whole lot of people know a ton about Nimrod. There doesn't seem to be a ton, a ton to know. But what you do know about him is that he he was important. The first emperor of the world. You know, um, I, I think that there's so much mystery around this guy. Um, and we, you know, I mentioned this to you, and I still, I still think it's 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 pretty true that the Bible didn't want to glorify him. Right. So it's probably harder to find tons of information about him, which, which that's fine. You know, I mean, he doesn't deserve glory. So absolutely. Agreed. agreed. And, and furthermore, but to have earthly glory, you had to do something that's a pretty big deal to be mentioned. I mean, even if it's just like a, you know, running over it kind of mentioned, because frankly, the Nephilim don't get a lot of attention right in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, sort of, They do some, you know, here and there. We know Og of Bashan, we we read, it's in Deuteronomy. We know about Goliath and his four brothers. Um, Not a ton about his four brothers, but we know enough that that, um, they had to have known that Goliath had four brothers. The Bible clearly states that he was a giant. It doesn't say that he was Nephilim, but the implication is there. we know uh, well, David picked up five rocks, one for yeah. Goliath and four for his remaining brothers. Not only the that, Bible tells us it's 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 not only I wouldn't say, you know, like, oh, we, we kind of guess that they were. giant. No, I mean, to be a giant, there has to be something wrong with you. Like, that's just not that's not a normal <laughs> condition, you know? Oh, yeah. No. And and the Bible says he was a giant. Yeah. And we know there were giants um, amongst the Philistines during that time. Um, The implication of the four other stones is that David was going after his brothers. David and his men, his men of valor, Mm -hmm. 
um, are credited as giant killers. Yeah. Um, and we know that that's what Joshua, the the groups of peoples that they were told to utterly annihilate and kill the animals, burn the fields, break everything down. We know that they were of Nephilimic descent as well, that there was the DNA contamination in them. That's why Josh wasn't told to do that to everybody, to certain groups, the Raphaim, um, the, uh, I want to say Amalekites, but I don't feel comfortable saying that. I'd have to go back and double check if, if uh, well, the Amalekites. Pretty, um uh heinous so I, I if i remember right yeah they they definitely were well a lot of people do believe that they were a you know one particular race of hybrids i'll just call them hybrids I don't, you know well and they get their names usually from the the father the 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 angel who begat them originally um but i the the bible talks about it um yeah. Even there's even some talk about it in the New Testament, and I can't think of where right now, so I'm going to leave it at just that, and I will give more information yeah. before I go um, and make that assertion <laughs> because I need to have the scripture to back it up. But it's it's there. We know that there were giants. And yep. Ricky, I've been racking my brain. I think you'll remember the name. So we had talked about the um, the Incan mm -hmm. mistaking Cortez. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For who? For what? What is the name of those beings? Which particular gods? Oh, uh -huh. are you talking about the um, Viracochas? The Viracochas. Yes, I am. I could not for a week. I have been trying. It is. It's the ones I'm trying to think of. The, the tunnel dwellers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, blonde hair, fair skinned. That is who I was trying to think of. The Viracochas. And I just could not remember for the life of me all week long. And I had meant to ask you, and so now I'm asking you in the middle of an episode. <laughs> okay. Now, you guys can go down a rabbit, you down a rabbit trail, go look up the Viracocha. And I would particularly recommend you guys go look up the uh, podcast between Tim, um, Timothy Alberino and the Blurry Creatures Project. Yeah. It is a freaking cool episode. It is. It is. It's real Very interesting. Much, much uh, make you freak out about cows being in trees <laughs> <laughs> the cows in the trees yeah, oh yeah. yes that's right have we not talked about that really we have, yet? We, we, i mean okay. we haven't really explained it i mean maybe we did well we'll get there we will we will get there because it's 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 very humorous and creepy and guys i'm trying to get super Shelley interesting to go shelly is a is a uh, uh, she doesn't like to go on adventures. I'm a homebody. But I <laughs> I haven't told you guys this. I've been I'm I mean I lived in Mexico. You guys are probably know that at some point if you've watched our episode, our episodes for any amount of time. But I uh, have been really praying, and my, my wife and I are trying to you know get that get enough money to be able to go down to Mexico during the uh, winter time, the uh, during Christmas. And my goal is to head to the typical pyramids, which I've been there a million times, but just never really appreciated it kind of for what it is. Um, and I would like to go to another one uh, pyramid that has 
four there's four pyramids like three built on the other on the very first one so one on top of the other in Chol, uh, is it Cholula? Cholula. It's Cholula, Mexico. And uh, really go kind of walk through them, take a look at them, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So if that's the case, stay tuned for some uh, some fun behind-the-scenes stuff. It's exciting. I told Ricky to go without me. I'll, I'll, I'll hold down the fort here, and he can go there, and I can live vicariously through yes. his escapades just fine that's right that's right i i <laughs> we have to be successful like there has to be money right. coming in before that's i'm doing that's that right. yeah soon enough. soon enough hey guys we just wanted to close this episode out just a little bit early because we knew that we uh had quite a bit of content for this particular subject nimrod is a deep intense crazy subject so man we we're going to leave in the last little part which is going to be dealing with Babel. we thank you guys for for bearing with us we didn't get to point three <laughs> sorry about that but point three will all be about uh Babel and its importance in our current world but also in the very closely back up very closely approaching apocalypse revelation so stay tuned we're gonna have that out for you guys in the next week or two don't worry, you're not missing a thing. We're going to still have some cosmic visions that we're bringing up every week. Um, we love you guys. We bless you guys. We just want to tell you, you know, of course, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless. Maranatha. Shalom. Thank you for watching this episode of The Christian Theological Dark Web. For questions or comments, please email us at the Christian Theological Dark Web at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please look for the Patreon link in the description. This has been another production of CTDW Studios. Thank you, and God bless.